Happy Monday. It's Brandon once again, and we've got another great episode of Pocket Thoughts for you guys today. We do apologize in advance. We had some technical difficulties in the beginning of the show, so it may be a bit confusing, but we got through it for you guys, and that's all that matters. The first question we have today is, what advice would you give a college student about to enter the real world? Now, this can be anyone entering an internship or their first full-time job, whatever it may be. Question number two, what is one of the risks you are considering taking this year that will have a major effect on your life? Which leads to our next question, where we look at how we view our business, educating entrepreneurs, as a risk for us and what we would do if it failed. The final question is, how would you go about telling people at work that you are working on a side business? Hopefully this gives you guys some advice on if you're going through the same thing right now and different ways that we provided that can help you guys get through it. And last but not least, we have our weekly wrap up and our educating entrepreneurs update. Thank you everyone for listening. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to see our content and let us know what you guys think of the show. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, guys. Today, we are getting to Bobby's two missed questions because we skipped him because we got way too into what we were talking about before. Bobby, what's up? Oh, hey, guys. How's it going? What advice would you give to a college student about to enter the world? So they could be entering an internship, I guess. They could be entering the real world. Something that I learned throughout Going through this process of graduating and going into the workforce is, so I'm a very detail-oriented person. Um, It comes with my profession, probably. I work in accounting, so I'm very into the details quite a bit. And um, sometimes when when you got your head down and you're just buried too deep in the data, you don't see the bigger picture in things. And so sometimes you need to take a step back, really look at the reason why. You know, why are you doing something? A lot of us get caught up in, I say a lot of us, maybe it's just me, get caught up in the numbers and the data, and we don't understand why we're doing something. And I think that's so important. So you can put this to practice at school, at work, wherever, you're in a class, you're learning how to do something, uh, The your manager's teaching you something, a professor is teaching you something. Make sure you understand why you're doing it or else you're not gonna be able to uh, apply it to anything else in life. It's just gonna be like, for example, a math equation. I know how to do this one equation. If something changed in this equation, I have no idea like how I would solve it. So using critical thinking and understanding why you're doing something is um, something really great to work on. And I think amazing advice that I received and I've really taken to heart and put into practice. I like that. Okay, mine goes directly off of Joey's. And I'm going to be blatantly honest here. I like the understand why you're doing it. And my advice would be don't take a shitbag internship. I think so many people go out and just take an internship just because they can say they're taking an internship. And you end up learning nothing and doing nothing for 10 or 12 weeks during the summer. Um, so this probably applies. This obviously applies more to people that are in school. 
go do something you're passionate about. Go do something where you're going to get a ton of hands-on work, a lot of experience, something where you can grow yourself personally and you're excited to go to work every day. Like, don't take an internship just because everybody else has taken an internship or just because you think you should take an internship. Um, I think too many people now, especially earlier and earlier, are getting sucked into, I need to take an internship to get a job. It's definitely not the case. I was far from ever having an internship and I somehow managed to get a job after school. But I people want to see that you're passionate about what you do and that you learned from what you did in the summer, not that you had an internship. Now, if there's a specific company that you really know you want to get into after college, I think that's maybe a little different scenario than if you want to take an internship with them because you already know where you want to go, that might be a little different, but I don't think that's the case for most people. So my advice would be don't follow the masses and get an internship just because you think you have to do something you're passionate about and something you love. Well, that's a great point, Brady. I, I really love that, the whole internship thing. And I think it kind of leads into my point that I was going to bring up is I think college students have to stop listening to all that outside noise. And I think internships is, that's one of the things they might need to stop listening to. Everyone out there thinks you need to get a, just a normal internship and it's required to get a job. Just like everyone thinks you need to live on LinkedIn to get a job. Just like everyone thinks you need to make this boring old resume to get a job. So I actually think the markets are changing in the sense that more and more people are choosing not to look at the resume. More and more people are interested in your experience outside of college. They don't really care about your perfect GPA. Granted, it's different in different fields. If you're going into law or medicine, get straight A's. You need it. But if you're just going into the world of business, commonly they don't care nearly as much about what you did within other organizations or they don't care as much about what you did in school as what you did in other organizations and how you genuinely impacted companies during those four years you were at university. So I think another way to really think about it in school, make sure you're kind of acting like everybody's boss. I don't mean boss people around. What I mean by that is make sure you force yourself to explore a bunch of different avenues and when you don't understand how to successfully follow through with that exploration, make sure you teach yourself how to continue to innovate and succeed on your own. And I think that's really valuable because I think a lot of us go through... Okay, the third point, because we had technical difficulties and we don't know where we're at right now in the podcast. It's going to get a lot better from here on out. The good old editor, Brandon Wilson, is going to make this thing great. The third point, make sure you're self-aware enough to know what you want to pursue in college and then pursue it. So one regret I have in college is I was really concerned about my grades. I mean, I didn't put a lot of time into school, but I was still worried about getting A's in classes that really didn't matter to my career. So I wanted to go into entrepreneurship, yet I spent most of my time making sure I got A's in like philosophy or sign language just because I cared about the GPA when the GPA doesn't matter. And I could have been working on entrepreneurship or my businesses and perfecting my craft. So I think if you're in college and you're about to enter the real world, just be very self-aware. If you have the abilities and you're self-aware enough to know 
what you should be pursuing. If it is marketing, finance, whatever it is, pursue it fully. Like make the effort to disproportionately work on those courses and do well in those courses than your generals. But if you still don't know what you want to do or what you want to be, make sure you take college very seriously and explore all the opportunities because it's the only time that you have to do that. So those are my three things. I have no idea if they make any sense because I currently am not thinking at all about them. Yeah, that's completely fine. Mine would be to be yourself. Be yourself. And I also agree with the being self-aware because we've talked about that before and I've kind of become more self-aware myself. But I think as far as the actually being in work and being self-aware is to obviously you're going to want to try to impress people. And I don't think that you taking on a project or whatever it may be and doing very poor at it is a good start, obviously, because you're not going to be trusted in the future for stuff like that. And I think that if something comes up that you're actually passionate about or there's something that you want to learn more about is to actually ask questions and dive into that with the person that you feel is the best at that job and they can help you out and it'll actually show that you care and have interest for it. Next question, Bob. With the start of a new year comes goals and with new goals comes risk of failing. What is one of the risks you are considering taking this year that actually have a major effect on your life, whether it's loss of time, money, relationships. And in this current moment, how would you feel if you failed at that goal? I think that mine is time. I think that um, that's something that in the past I kind of just gave up on. And I was like, oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. And just went to bed or started doing anything else. And I am a hypocrite when I say that because I did not start off too hot especially in the new year when I wanted to say I wanted to spend more time on things when it comes to putting out the podcast at the right time because I got distracted. I just went to bed instead of finishing the intro. So that is uh, that is that one. But yeah, I think time, I could be using, utilizing it more effectively. I know it'll be tough at first to get used to, but obviously if I stay up late and actually finish something, it's going to save me a lot of time the next day to do something and get ahead so can i ask a follow-up to that that goal what risks come along with failing at that like i mean there actually are risks to failing. yeah i'm just curious what those are in your mind like risk of actually taking time i mean it's going to take time away from other things like it's not really a risk but if i spend more time working on this stuff i take time away from being with friends and obviously that's not a big thing but some people might take it the wrong way and be like, okay, you can never hang out or something. But in the end, like long term, it's going to be more effective and helpful for me if I spend time on this stuff and use that time later to hang out with friends, wherever it may be. I don't know. No, I think that's, that's kind of what I'd hope that we're getting at. Like yeah. if you did put in, in all of this time, right. That you're trying to do. Yeah. And what if all this led to nothing? How would you feel after that? I would feel like I at least put in an effort and I saw what kind of results I can get by putting in the time to do something. And I would basically use it as like a learning experience. Like, okay, you know, I can put in this much time and this is what's going to come out of it. Even if I do fail, at least 
I could see a change in my own behavior of I can do this and I can actually not sleep as much or do whatever it is and actually get stuff done and still feel the same way in the morning that I did before. I don't know. It's just getting used to it. Mine is not so much in the sense of a, a single particular risk. Um, I think mine like is a little bit different than that maybe because when I think about it, I think the biggest thing that I want to do is I want to, I want to do things now. Like I, I'm the king of making lists and saying like, oh, I'm, I'm going to set aside like three hours for this to do this tomorrow or like 20 minutes to do this tomorrow and then checking it off the list. But there's so many things that take five, 10, 20 minutes that I could just knock out the day of and it frees up my next day for so much, like to do so much more and not even so much more, but I can get rid of those like mini tasks that I was just like planning for the next day and focus on my big task, whether it's an extra hour, it's an extra two hours. The failure that comes with that and what the risk is to me is staying exactly the same and that that might sound really really weird but i think if i go through this year and i'm exactly the same as i was at the start then that's the worst possible thing that i could possibly do i want to be like this the time that i'm putting in and the time we're putting in right now i think can pay huge dividends in life and everything you're doing but i think every every day wasted we don't realize how big of an impact that is, whether it's on our health, whether it's on our um, success, whether it's on our professional development or personal development or relationships. So mine is just getting things done now. And my fear, and not my fear, but the risk comes along with that is being the exactly the same. And some people might not see that as a risk or a fear. But to me, the last thing I want is at the end of the year to be exactly how I am right now. Even though I feel like super blessed and I'm really lucky to be where I am, I still want to be a different person and growing year by year. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It makes perfect sense. That's a good one. So mine, you know, works off, I would say, Brady's in the sense of working on building relationships. One thing that I'm going to work on this, this long-term goal is building relationships and making connections and being more personable with strangers I meet at wherever it may be, networking events or out just at work or bar, wherever it may be. And the risk for me there is putting myself out there and looking foolish or saying something stupid and not being able to recover from it or something like that. And for me, that's a big risk because... I don't know. I feel when I get put in certain situations, um, even if I'm like knowledgeable of what I'm talking about, something like that, I still feel like I slip up and I'll say something stupid. And I think really just understanding that it's a learning process and that it's going to happen when you when you have these conversations and when you're learning that you're going to slip up a good amount and sound stupid. I need to accept that, accept that risk. Um, because it's just, it's, it's going to help me grow so much. So overall, my goal is to just connect more with people, um, whether that's professionally or personally. So I'm actually a little surprised. I mean, it's probably because of the way I framed the question, but I kind of thought maybe one of you guys would say educating entrepreneurs would be your risk for 2019 in the sense that you're going to have to put money, time, effort into it, and it could go belly up. And I, I was kind of curious to see if any of you guys would say that and get your take on it. Because 
My big risk, I think, for 2019 is legitimately Go Mahi, where we're two years in, and I could, if I did this for a full year without making this thing launch, I would be out tons of money, tons of time, and my relationships would be just hurting. And it's kind of like my last year in the sense that the old nest egg is getting real small. And if I failed this year, even though there's other things going on, it would be like I would have to change my lifestyle completely. There'd be, I, I mean, not hoping anyone would feel bad for me, but there'd be no more trips. I'd have to consider how we would like live daily life differently, what we would spend money on. If it got real bad, who knows? Maybe I'd have to move in with my parents. I have no clue. But I don't really, I would definitely try again, but it would just be insanely humbling and it would almost make me so pissed off that it would make me more motivated to do it again. After saying that, do any of you guys find starting educating entrepreneurs to be a personal risk for you? I think a little bit, but I'm also learning more and I enjoy doing that. And I think that if this thing went under or whatever, I would just say, all right, what's the next thing we're going to do? I don't think I would get, I mean, sure, I'd be like, dang, this didn't happen. But I would just say, all right, what's the next thing we're going to do? Because I'm going to be so used <laughs> to like taking the time to do all this stuff that it's like, if this just stopped, I'd be like, what do I do now? So I would be looking forward to the next thing and kind of have a better mindset and more knowledge on what I'm trying to do for the next thing. Cool. Joey, how would you look at it? Yeah, my outlook is kind of, uh, it's it's similar in the fact that I think about, when, when I do think about possible failure, I think about worst case scenario. So worst case scenario, we do all this work and we learn all of this about how to start a business in every way possible. And even if this goes belly up, as you say, we can implement exactly what we learned into something else. Like this is worst case scenario. We're going to learn all this stuff and put out a course. I guess worst case scenario, we don't put out a course. But nevertheless, we put out this course and nothing happens. It doesn't matter. We learned a ton together. Oh, yeah, that's the other part. We learned it together, which is so much fun. Like doing this with your friends is a major a growing point in I feel like your friendship and it just makes it a lot more enjoyable because you get to spend time together us us guys we we before this we rarely saw each other and um, sucked uh, we used to be extremely close and now that we've we've started up with educating entrepreneurs here we we talk at least once a week and it's it's been really great to kind of reconnect and I don't know see where each other are at so um, worst case scenario, we built these friendships back up and we learned a ton about how to start a business and the steps necessary that we need to take in order to do that. And to piggyback off of that before you say anything, Brady, anyone that's listening and thinks that it's a brilliant idea to start a business with your best friends, <laughs> it also takes a lot of open communication and being very honest with each other and not worrying about hurting each other's feelings. Because as you'll hear in our earlier podcast, three of us have done this once and we destroyed our relationship for a small amount of time. 
because we didn't do the open communication and we didn't know how to manage our relationships. And I think if I could put this any way, I loved both of you guys like crazy, but I almost feel like in that moment, I I, I might have loved the business more than our relationship for the moment. And doing it the second time, I love our relationship way more than the business. So I will do anything to work on communicating and figuring things out in a way that it works for all of us. So we keep our relationships stronger than whatever happens in the business. And I think that's really important for people to understand before they go into business with either their best friends or their family. And now I'll hand it off to Brady. Sorry. Oh, sorry. One, one thing off that is, and just tips is, like you said, prior to starting this, you need to set expectations. And it's kind of basically what you said, but just, just going into a little more detail of you know, prior to getting in, in relationship, relationship, business relationships with your friends or family, you need to set the expectations straight of having that open communication. Um, if you don't do that, then it's going it, to, it'll probably crash and burn. So mm -hmm. sorry, I just add a little bit. I like that. I think those are all good points. Um, I kind of have two takes on this. My first one is, to be completely honest in what we've seen, I don't think there's a lot of people or places that do what we're doing right now. And I think there's value that we provide. So kind of the risk in my eyes has been minimized a bit because it's on our shoulders at this point. So if we fail to execute, you should have should have executed better. Like I, I don't think there's something that's good out there that's doing what we're doing. It's not like we're, we're going into a tech industry and we're trying to make a Facebook and there's already a Facebook or we're trying to make the next Apple and there's already an Apple or fighting against Amazon or really just any company in general. Um, from what we found, there there isn't much that does this. So I think we fail to provide value and it does go belly up. I think somewhere along the line, we, we failed. That's kind of how I look at it. So when I think of it like that, it's a lot easier to think, okay, well, knowing that it's on our shoulders, knowing that the ball is in our court, I think we can execute. I think we have a good team to do that. It doesn't minimize the risk, but it, it makes me a little bit more at ease with, okay, if it's all on me, then like I can live with that. Like it's not, it's not about somebody else building a bigger one. Maybe that comes down the line, but right now it's about us making something of value to other people. And I, I think we can definitely do that. That's my first one. My second one is, yeah, I agree with you, Bobby. Like there is definitely a risk involved. And for me, the risk would be time. Um, I think I'm in a different situation than you because, well, not really. You have other companies as well, so it's not like you're you're just riding on this. But um, having having a job and like having income, it kind of, it it reduces the the risk a little bit. So I think like entrepreneurship isn't about taking being able to take huge risks and taking huge risks all the time. I think it's about minimizing those risks, and that's one thing that I feel that I like I have with a job on the side. Not that that's something that'll always be there. But for right now, I definitely feel that. And for me, the biggest thing is I could be using this 20, 30 hours a week doing something else. So that's definitely a risk for me. And because that's over 100 hours a month that I could be using towards something else, growing myself, putting it into what I'm doing now or, or something else. And that's a huge risk to me because time is one thing that obviously you can't get back. So that's one thing that I definitely feel is the pressure of make this work or you'll lose the time. But at the same time, I think regardless of whether it goes stunningly well or it doesn't, the stuff that I learned a lot, like I thought, Bobby, you've brought this up a lot of times. Like it's about the process, like the journey. It's not just about like where you end up. 
I think if we like continue to do what we're doing, maybe we won't end up at step Z, but maybe we end up at, at Y or T and that's a hell of a lot farther and like more learning experiences than a lot of people would have just not using those 20 hours. Cause in all honesty, most people just probably wouldn't use those hours. Granted, I definitely think I'd be putting them to somewhere else. So I do lose that time, but I think I'd gain a lot out of it. So that also minimizes the risk a little bit, although it's definitely still there. Just two ways that I think I kind of look at it that helps me see like whether this blows it out of the park and we're making huge bucks or it doesn't do anything. I think it's on us and it's going to be a learning experience along the way. And I like what we're doing. So, so I think something that our uh, listeners would be curious to know, a lot of us have nine to five jobs and we want to do something on the side and kind of what I wanted to know from, from you guys, from your perspective. And if, before you give the answer, if you could tell people, if you actually have, I say normal in quotes, because no one really has a normal nine to five job, but if you do and, and how, if you've told people about it, or if you haven't, and how would you go about telling people, your peers or your superiors, your managers at work, that you are working on a side business? Because I would think that they would take that poorly, depending on how you present it. And so I'm curious if you would tell them and if you would, how you would do that. Yeah, this is Brady here. And I definitely, I do have a nine or quote unquote nine to five job. First thing, disclaimer to anybody before we get into this, whatever people say, everybody's situation is different. And depending on like the company you're working with on the side or what you're doing on the side, there may be conflict of interest. So don't just take our words for what they are, like use them, process them at your own, your own location and what you're doing. And then decide from there, because I think I know people that probably shouldn't be telling people what they do on the side if they had similar things. With that said, I've disclosed everything we do. I've gotten nothing but good feedback about it. It's actually, it's actually opened up new job opportunities for me. And it's not that I went in on day one and was like, hey, everybody, I'm working on this um, other business. So, you know, just as you get to know people, as you talk, and um, especially with how much time we put into this, um, the conversation does come up. And I've now told people I work with and the people that are quote unquote, my bosses, and I've gotten new job opportunities because of it. And people actually, at least for me, I've gotten really good reception from it. And people kind of see it as like, wow, this, he's not going home and sitting at home from four o'clock to 10 o'clock. He's getting work done in that time. And at least from what I'm doing, people like to see that because they know that when stuff comes up, you're someone that's willing to put an extra time and you're passionate about something else. Um, and you're passionate about your work and, and developing yourself as a person. So for me, I have told people, I've told my bosses, I've told the people I've worked with, and I've got very good reception. Now, I don't know if that's true all across the board, but for me, it's it's been good. And I have told them, how have I told them? Um, all of it has been like very, very informal. I never like sat down with my boss and was like, hey, by the way, I, I'm doing this business. But like, as you get to know people in your company, as you get to know your boss, um, the conversations tend to come up like, what do you do outside of work? And that sort of thing. So that's when I brought mine up. I never just sat someone down and said, hey, I'm working on this thing outside of work. Because um, I I think it doesn't, or like for me at least, it wouldn't pertain. It wouldn't feel comfortable to me for to do that. Just naturally, it's come up in conversation. And as I get to know people uh, in the office, and I think once you tell a few people, then the word definitely gets around. But mine has been very informal. Never had a strict sit down and said, hey, this is what I'm doing. It was just 
what do you like to do? What do you do outside of work? And those are kind of the conversations that mine came up in. Gotcha. So one, one follow-up I would have to that is, so you mentioned that they would be impressed at the fact that you go home and from five to 10, you are doing work on EE, for example. I guess what are, do they expect you to work at work from home, like after your nine to five hours and work more? And because I know from, from work that I do, they expect us to kind of work more than just when we're done at five, expect us to go home and work more. And so when, if you bring up that you're working on something else and you're spending that time working on something else, how do you, I guess, how do you think they would feel about that? Yep. And I, I'm, I mean, I'm 100%. Yep. No, that, that makes perfect sense to me. I think that's why it's case dependent as well. Uh, to be completely honest, I think there's very, I think there's very few jobs where people are actually like at the office or expected to work like 70, 80 plus hours. Like, yeah, that does happen. And my, my weeks do get up there and I am definitely asked to work from home. I, I do it pretty much every day whether it's usually two to three hours. Um, my biggest thing is, and not everybody, I don't know if this works for everybody, but my biggest thing is I have told um, the people that I work with and my bosses that if my work is ever lacking, they can bring that up to me. And this is something that like, that that would be on me. Like if, I, if I'm not getting the adequate work done that I need to get done, then that's on me. Um, and I told them if, if there's ever anything that you think is lacking or, or inadequate, then you, you can bring that to me and if I have to get two hours of sleep less a night to work more, then I'll do that. But I pretty much told them as long as I'm getting my stuff done and performing above what you're expecting. And if, if they can't tell that I'm spending time on other things and still getting everything I need to get done and then some, then I'm fine. So I'm sure there definitely are situations where people expect you to work some and maybe it's, it's hindering your work performance. For me, it, it has not as actually boosted kind of what I do in the office because it gives me a little change of pace. So when I've got three hours of work outside of work, I can do that, do two or three hours of this and kind of go back and forth. And that helps me from working from seven to six and then coming home and working three more hours and being like, holy shit, I never get a break. I kind of get a break to, to do this. And I've had very frank conversations. I think like what you talked about or both of you guys talked about is clear, open, transparent communication. I've, I've said, if you ever think my, my work is lacking, then you bring it to me and I'll make the time to, to do more work. But I think as long as you're performing at or above your ability, I don't see a problem with it. There, there might be, and maybe there are bosses that just don't like the idea of that, and that that could happen. That's why I kind of what I was saying it's case yeah. dependent. Yeah. Some people aren't going to like this, but I'm lucky enough to have good um, good relationships with the people that work above me, and they're more than open to me doing things that I'm passionate about on the side and pursuing those things, and as long as um, I'm performing at the level I need to for my job. So you might not think. I can bring a lot of value to this question considering I just work for myself. But the big thing is for me, or at first I had a tough time telling people that I was working on this too. Because when you think about it, people are legitimately dependent on me to survive. So like their living is dependent off of how much work I put in and how well I perform. So to, for me to go to them and say, yeah, I'm also working on this side project that doesn't benefit you at all. If I would have said that, I would have gotten horrible feedback. I mean, I would have gotten just drilled, and I would deserve to get drilled. The way that I made sure I addressed it is I tried to figure out what, my, what the value add was to my current projects. So 
I easily could have come in and been like, hey guys, like I am just working on this new company with my friends because I want to do it and I love it. And that'd go horribly. So I actually went to everyone and I was like, hey guys, heads up. Um, I'm working on this other startup with my buddies. I'm also on a podcast with them. So it doesn't directly compete with our podcast. It actually, they kind of go hand in hand because people can get a personal look at my life and um, they can also see the professional side of things. But then I went into the company, educating entrepreneurs. And I told everyone, I was like, here's the thing. Straight up, I can show you on this phone with how I track my hours. I'm going to put in 70 to 80 hours a week for Gomahi. And I told them straight up, I was like, any of you guys putting in more time than that? And if you are, please let me know and I will match it. And then I also followed up with, the thing is, legitimately, I deserve to have hobbies outside of work. And instead of going to the bars or hanging out with friends or whatever else, my hobby is building the second startup. And the good news is for all of you guys, this startup is in the education field and that's where we are going. So this directly will help us in the sense that I'm going to build my connections. I'm going to be able to more easily learn how to connect with our target demographic. And you're getting all of that from me just because I enjoy something different than most people enjoy during and while they're trying to pursue hobbies. So like that's how I addressed it. And I always think about it. You could have bosses that just hate it you know like they hate that you're working on side projects but if you if you frame it in a way that you can go up to that boss and be like here's the deal like this is a value add for you because I'm learning all these concepts or I'm creating this market base that I can connect to at any time for my accounting skills and that's just on my my side hobby time, you're welcome. Because no one's going to get upset if you frame it in a way that's a value add to them. It's impossible to get upset about that. And what I'm getting here is that it's 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 kind of how you frame it. It's kind of how you set it up. And I think that's very important. It's Is it a value add for them? And just making sure that if there is an issue, bring it up. And that, that totally makes sense. But sorry, Brent, were you gonna? Uh, yeah, before I just want to reiterate what Bobby said. Like that is 100% true, and I might not have highlighted that as well. But like, I, I can see for you how that, especially like investors. Oh, I'm gonna be putting 30% of my time now into something else. Could you give me a million dollars for this other company? Like, no chance. Like, focus on what you need to focus on, because your livelihood's in their hands. But 100% show it as a value add, and that's. Um, I said it like at the very start, but like I literally got a new like a new role quote unquote, in a new, like 50% of my time is now doing something else because of what I talked about I was doing here. And like within, especially within big companies, being able to have design thinking and know how, how a startup works and how projects work and how to sell and all those things. If you, if you have a boss that doesn't want you to know those things, you're probably in the wrong organization. You're probably under the wrong person because that's going to be valuable anywhere you go. So pre presenting it as something valuable is, is very true. And I, I might have underscored that and said that it wasn't important, um, but it, it, it definitely is. So Bobby made a really good point there. I just wanted to say that. My job is more traditional than the guys in here. I do have basically the nine to five. Actually, a lot of people at my work don't do anything. Usually after they're done with their job, like work doesn't come home with them. So it's kind of in the sense that 
a lot of people around me have their own jobs after work. I mean, it's not from what I've talked to my friends at work and everything. It's not something like this. They have their own stuff as like being a bartender, working somewhere else. So I think I don't have an issue with telling anyone because I don't think that I'm taking any time away from my job. And I think that if I were to, I mean, I've told my manager, I've just said like, I added a podcast and we do this and that, but it's nothing. I don't go too in depth because people usually don't ask more questions after that. They just are like, Oh, sweet. But I think the only reason it gets brought up is because like I bring a backpack into work that has my computer in it. And people are like, why do you have a backpack? And I'm like, Oh, I added a podcast and they're like, Oh, that's cool. And really nothing else happens after that. But obviously it's not, I don't let it affect my work. I don't think it ever will at this point as to where we are right now. And I, there are times where I wouldn't even want to come back from my break after an hour because I just want to keep doing this kind of stuff. So I know there are some people that do some side stuff and like other people do podcasts, but most of the time I think people don't really care what everyone else does after work. They just think they live their life. And I think that just might be the kind of job that I'm in right now where it's you're not taking your work home and doing anything like that. So anything that you do do after work isn't going to affect how your day goes at my job at least. Cool. I think this is a good point to wrap up. And we actually probably should have told told Joy before the podcast, but we kind of started a new little wrap up in a sense. Nice. And we'll try it this week again, where we kind of go around the room and Joy, Brandon, Brady will kind of give a wrap of their week or what they're looking forward to or what they're trying this week. And then I will give you a quick rundown of what happened in EE. And then Brandon will give us the final beautiful closing, like always. So that's kind of how the podcast will go from here. We just wanted to give you guys a heads up as well, just so you know what to expect after 50 beautiful minutes of listening to our voices. So Joe, what's oh. going on? You know, life's good, you know? Life's busy, ramping up for work. We're getting to our busy season here. So there's a lot of planning and um, getting ready to dive right in. It's kind of funny while, while I'm planning and getting ready to dive into all this, I'm actually uh, leaving for Hawaii tomorrow for a week and a half. <laughs> and, diving into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I'm excited about is, I don't know, it's kind of hypocritical in the fact that I'm excited about being unplugged, but not for the whole time. <laughs> I know it's, it sounds very hypocritical, like time change. I think it's like four hours. And so, right, right, Bob, four hours. And, or six. uh, really, I don't know now. I thought maybe it was six, but I have Anyways, no idea. Probably gonna get up pretty dang early. So looking to get a workout in and then from there, uh, doing a little bit of reading and probably working for about an hour or two a day in the morning. And so when I say unplugged, I mean from the normal 8 a.m. to when I go to bed, unplugged. I'm really excited for that, looking forward to it. I haven't done that for this long of a period of time in, in a long time. Like I said, it's a, I guess it's a partial unplug. I don't know what you want to call it, but I'm really, really looking forward to it and spending time with my family. Well, I'm not going on any fancy vacations. I'm kind of just sticking around here and... I think this week is going to be, I'm going to try to uh, get a meeting with one of my supervisors and kind of get going on my personal development plan and see what kind of things I can get going on that to kind of get a jump start on 
getting farther in my career, I guess, because before, I mean, this happened last year. I got a jump start on it. I was going strong for a month or two, and then I kind of just dozed off, didn't really do anything more with that. So I think getting a start now and actually saying, hey, we need to have monthly meetings or whatever it is so I can keep going on this stuff and actually get a farther in my career and figure out where I'm going with that. So I think that's something I need to map out this week and get those meetings set or else it's just going to be like last year and nothing's going to happen with it. Mine's mostly personal, really, really busy at work right now. Um, kind of what I was talking about, kind of taking in a new role a little bit, um, taking on a little bit extra time. But um, the stuff that I'm really focused on is kind of personal to to me um, and the stuff like what I've talked about the last couple of weeks, really trying to eat healthier, a lot harder than it seems um, when there's shit food around all the time. And uh, people are, especially around the holiday season, um, people are bringing in stuff all the time too. And the other thing is, is not hitting the snooze button. Um, when I'm getting up at like 4.30 or 5, it's so easy for me to hit the snooze button once or twice. And I just feel, I just have realized that I feel so much better if I just get out of bed, even if I feel tired at 4.30, than to hit the snooze button and get an extra 30 minutes of sleep and then wake up at 5. It sounds really, really stupid and probably like it doesn't matter that much, but for me, even hitting the snooze button once just kills my day. I don't know if it's a mental thing or what it is, but um, my big thing is just getting out of bed the first time because I'm going to be up anyways. So might seem superficial, but big thing for me. Beautiful. Update on educating entrepreneurs because we want to give you an update on our journey. So if any of you guys want to start a company, which I hope all of you guys do if you're called to do it, you guys can kind of take some of our lessons from our weekly updates. This week, pretty exciting. The old Braidster and I sat down and kind of figured out how we're going to lay out the courses for you guys. As we talked about last week, we actually became self-aware enough as a team to figure out what each of our roles should be. So this week, we really focused on our roles. We figured out what our homepage is going to look like for all of you guys. So check that out at the end of this week. It's going to be awesome. You can check out all of our podcasts there. We're going to start throwing some blogs up there, links to social media. You might even get a little snippet at what our course is and what it's going to look like coming soon. And also very exciting, you're going to see some financial tools in the next couple of months coming from the old Joester, which is going to be super helpful for your startup. The other thing we did this week as an EE team, we figured out how we're actually going to lay out our course and how we're going to make sure it's seamless and beautiful and transitions perfectly for all of you. So we're really excited about that. I don't know if we'll give you a snippet. Maybe we'll make a quick demo for you to look at, but we'll give you an update in future podcasts when it comes to that. And then lastly, the old B-Wills, he seems to be getting you some decent content this week. So claps to Brandon. We're all pretty excited about that. And hopefully that'll continue and you guys can keep interacting with us. And hopefully we can keep bringing you value on the weekly. So that is our update. Brandon, let's close this baby. Yeah, so speaking of interacting, uh, we were going. I was going back and forth a little bit on a post, uh, Instagram post, with inspirational underscore outfitters. Uh, she said she's going to check out our podcast, so hopefully you're listening to this one. Thank you for listening if you are. That's awesome. If anyone else wants to connect with us on Instagram or whatever it may be, and we can maybe pick your brain on things that you guys are doing in the entrepreneurial world. 
and uh, yeah, maybe have a conversation about that. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.